You're listening to the sermon cast of First Presbyterian Church Spartanburg. To watch the full video of this worship service and to learn more about the ministries of our church, visit us online at fpcspartanburg.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Peter verse 4, chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. Hear now the word of God. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This, too, is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. My name is Kirk Foster Neely, but you probably know me by my middle name, Foster. I'm a senior at Spartanburg High School. Um, I, I come from a long line of Neely preachers. I'm not the first Neely to be standing up at a pulpit. In fact, I'm not even the first Kirk Neely to be standing at this specific pulpit. I was probably destined to be up here one day, whether I wanted to or not. As Hank Williams Jr. once said, it's a family tradition. (laughs) Now, if you don't know a lot about my family, let me give you one example of how things roll with the Neelys. We don't know how to do anything small. This year at Thanksgiving, myself, my two brothers, uh, all 17 of my younger cousins, our parents, and my grandmother stayed at a 13-bedroom cabin in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I know what you're thinking. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. How can 30 family members stay in one house together without some kind of disagreement or conflict? While chaos did take hold at some points during the stay, and some teenagers were woken up a bit too early for their liking, it's safe to say everyone had a blast. It's hard to get six separate households together in one place, and whenever the whole family can get together, it always makes for a memorable experience. Some highlights from our time in Tennessee included a few bear sightings, a hike, and a polar bear plunge in a nearby creek, but most of all, Thanksgiving dinner. Three generations of Neelys sharing a meal together. I'm sure a lot of you also have moments like these with your families that you'll never forget. This is just one of the times that I felt a sense of community with both my Neely and Crow relatives. Family is a built-in community for me, and I know how lucky I am to have people who love me for who I am, because I know that some people aren't fortunate enough to have a family to laugh and eat with at Thanksgiving. I'm truly grateful for my amazing family and everything my aunts, uncles, parents, and grandparents do to make myself and my brothers and cousins always feel welcome. Um, Our theme for youth group this past year has been beloved community. The idea of a beloved community was first introduced by Martin Luther King Jr., which is fitting since we're in the middle of Black History Month and we just passed MLK Day. Reverend King defined beloved community as a society where caring and compassion drive political policies that support the worldwide elimination of poverty, hunger, and all forms of bigotry and violence. While this definition doesn't necessarily apply to us today, um, I think the foundation is there. A society with care and compassion, and of course, love. In our passage earlier today, we heard the words that we should love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. 
In a beloved community, everyone is loved for who they are and what gifts they bring to the table. A true beloved community is filled with people of diverse skills and beliefs, coexisting together with one another and loving each other. This past summer, I was able to attend a, a music camp called Eastern Music Festival. At first, the idea of a five-week camp away from home was a very scary thought. I wasn't sure if I was able to spend, willing to spend half of my summer away from my friends and family in Spartanburg, let alone having to do my own laundry for a whole month. <laughs> it took me a few days to get used to being independent and having to meet so many new people. But after a little while, I was ready to embrace the new community that I'd put myself in. I started talking to all the other music musicians that I was living with, and I realized that even though we were all musicians, each one of us had something unique to bring to the table. Not just because we all played different instruments, but because everyone had different personalities and hobbies to create an amazing community of diverse individuals with one common interest. At EMF, I met other people my age who shared my passion for music, and I was able to find a beloved community with so many unique individuals. As we spent more time together, we became as close as friends who had known each other for years. We had ping pong tournaments in the basement of the dorm building, we told scary stories by the lake at night, and we might have accidentally set off the fire alarm a couple times from baking mishaps. <laughs> Looking back on my time at EMF, I realized what made all of the memories so, spe so special. We all knew it was going to end. As the last week came, a sense of almost dread began to set in. The closer we got to our last day, the more open everyone became. We began sharing things with each, with each other that we'd never shared with anyone else. All of the musicians I'd been living with for over a month had become like a family to me, and I wasn't ready to let that go. Finally, the last day arrived. Our last orchestra rehearsal, last lunch together, last basketball game, last meal, last concert. Then we had to prepare for our friends to start leaving. Everyone stayed up all night on the last night, seeing our friends off with early flights, and the group got smaller and smaller. Then morning came, and it was over. I said my final goodbyes, then grabbed my trunk to leave. But before I walked out of the dorm building, I noticed something that someone had put on the communal whiteboard in our hall. It was a drawing of Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore with a quote from Arthur Milne. How lucky I am to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. And that's exactly how I felt. I had created a community with like-minded individuals that was so hard to leave, yet it was destined to happen. After being gone for a few months, I can look back and reflect on what I gained from my time over the summer. Not only did I leave with more musical knowledge and some ping pong skills, but I also left with a sense of gratitude. Gratitude for all the lifelong friends and memories I made, but also gratitude for my family and friends at home. As much as a high school boy may not want to admit it, yeah, I miss my parents and my brothers while I was away. So my time away taught me to be more grateful for the communities that don't last forever, but also those that are waiting for you when you come home. As I was talking to JD about where to go with this sermon, the one thing we kept coming back to was gratitude. Beloved community is built on a foundation of gratitude. People like me who are lucky enough to experience communities that accept everyone with the gifts God has given them and know how special it is, are able to go out into the world and create more of those communities. Because I'll be leaving for college this year to major in music, I know that I'll find another community like EMF, 
And I know that the people I meet in college will probably be even harder to leave than my friends from this summer. And eventually, even though it's kind of crazy to think about right now, I might someday start a family of my own. But one other thing about community is that it can be hard sometimes. I'm sure we've all had situations where we've been part of a community that's not healthy for us, and you either have to get out or do everything you can to improve the situation. It's impossible to cultivate deep connections with other people without disagreeing or doing some things to upset each other. That's why healthy communication is so important for a beloved community. And sometimes you have to sacrifice things to uphold a community. The greatest example of this, of course, being Jesus himself. He sacrificed himself on the cross to create a beloved community of Christians where sin does not prevail, but love does. We are called in this passage from Peter to use the gifts that God gave us to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. Our mission team that was in the Dominican Republic all of last week just returned yesterday from using their gifts to serve the people of the DR. As an alumnus of this mission trip myself, I remember how scary it was to go into a remote place where people spoke a different language, not knowing how to help or how the Dominicans would react. But these fears were erased when I met the Dominican doctors, nurses, and staff at Solid Rock who were already serving their own people. They brought us into their community and showed us how to be ministers to their people and our own in word and deed. Is this not what Jesus calls us to do throughout the New Testament? Does Jesus not heal the blind and sick all from a place of love and humility? As Peter says, we are given strength by God to serve others as Jesus did. One particular man I've met exemplifies this servitude that Peter talks about. As some of you may know, Pastor Leon from Haiti Outreach Ministries stayed with my family and I when he was here a few weekends ago. Pastor Leon is a very interesting man with lots of interesting stories. But you can tell when you talk to him that he is a man of faith. He's always joyful, and it seems as though he's just grateful to be alive. Even though I was out of town for most of Leon's stay, I got to share one meal with him before he left. He talked about his life growing up, his family, and some of the trips he's been on with members of our church. Just from our short conversation, I could tell that Leon would make friends with anyone he met. When dinner was over, Leon brought out two identical metal workings from Haiti, one for myself and one for my parents. It was a cross surrounded by a heart. Leon sat down next to me, placed this cross in my hand and said, whenever you see the cross, Foster, remember you are loved. I want you to remember those words whenever you see a cross. You are loved and you belong. This cross tells us that we are loved by God, and because of that, there's always a beloved community for us within the church. It might be with our Sunday school group or our youth group, friends, or your Bible study class, but if you are part of the church, you have a community where you are loved for who you are and the gifts God has given you. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen.